0: Just a quick warning, this podcast series contains discussions about crime, trauma, sexual abuse, drug use and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. NRL star Liam Knight, welcome to The Stick Up.
1: Thanks brother, thanks for having me.
0: And I've been following your story, and I know a bit about it. And you were a bloke that you never give up. You hit a few potholes, and, mate, you just fucking swerved around, and you just got it back together. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, mate. Where would you grow up, and how did this career start?
1: I'm a bit of a gypsy, I like to call myself. I was born in Alice Springs. Yeah. A bit unorthodox, and then I moved around a lot. I was in Alice briefly, then I moved to Sydney for a bit, then Darwin, and Adelaide, and back to Darwin, then Brisbane then the Central Coast. Then yeah. I landed in the Northern Beaches about 16 when I yeah. signed my first junior contract for Manly. Yeah. And then I stemmed from there. I was
0: in Alice Springs. I got pinched robbing a bank up there and Darwin. I got yeah. pinched robbing a bank up in Darwin and Parap, and the ANZ Bank and Parap. Not what year I was sca- that?
1: 1990. Mate, I before, before me.
0: Way, way before you. Northern Beaches have got a very good junior rugby league development. and really good players come out of it. You, who, who did you go through the junior ranks with?
1: Couple of players I played junior for you, like junior mainly with Tommy Choboivic, Jakey yeah. Choboyvik. He, he was one year older. Yeah. I played with him in twenties. Turbo was a year younger, so I played a bit through there. I don't know if he was, he was still playing. Like Jesse Ramian, He mm. played, I played with him and, and Mattson Ball and yeah, in 20s. A couple of other players came through that sort of had a couple of games here and there that didn't yeah. really kick on. What Nico your, Hines, actually. I played yeah, Nico Hines, yeah. yeah Nico. He's a legend, eh?
0: Really good guy, Nico Hines. I really He's love good. his story. He's killing it, man. Yeah, isn't he? Yeah. I love seeing him killing it because I know the backstory, and, mm. and I love when people really do it through adversity. What was your home What was your home life like?
1: Pretty rough, man. Yeah. Pretty rough for me. Like I had a bit going on. When my mum passed when I was five,
0: Yeah.
1: it went through a weird time. Like, immediately after, my dad didn't cope well. Mm. I don't know where he went. He was away for about six to nine months. And then that time we lived with my mum's best friend and her kids and that was great. I loved it. From there pushed on, like my aunties, it was a custody battle, with my aunties and my dad, which was a bit of a shit fight. I was pretty young, didn't know what was going on. Two years in the auntie and then my dad. It was just a bit of a, it was chaotic till yeah. about 12. It wasn't That's a good time. It's trauma
0: problem. though, mate, isn't it? It's trauma. When you can look back on that sort of stuff and the kids going through that sort of stuff, it's trauma.
1: Yeah, a lot of lot of things that were like, looking back now, we traumatising. At the time, you just don't know what, you just fight or flight a lot.
0: Tell us about football. Who did you grow up supporting? Who was your team? Did you were you were Was your aim as a young fellow, you looked at NRL and go, I want
1: to do that? I think I played football first before knowing anything about it and I was good at it and I had fun and I just went, well, what is it? I loved it from the get-go. I was like, this is so mad. It's exactly that. I sort of get a bit older, still think I was going pretty well at like 10, 11, 12, and I was like, I'm going to – and then you start watching it. You start watching these guys on TV, you're like, I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to be that player.
0: Yeah.
1: From about twelve I was like, I want to be an NRL player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who was your idols back then?
1: Well, I had different idols when I'm playing now. Like I Bronco, I was a Broncos fan yeah. off the bat, and I liked Darren Lockyer. Yeah. And then I just changed over the years. I just like Jared Hayne when I was a bit younger. Yeah. And then it was Sammy Burgess with my favourite player from yeah. about 15
0: yeah and he yeah, had and yeah. sam went on to have a bit of an influence on your career didn't he
1: yeah it was pretty well I, I told him when I, when we first started like, when i first went to this house we got like we we're getting close as mates and i was like mate like i think we were on the piss one time i was like just tell me like yeah. you're an idol from when i was growing up it's mm. that weird like i'm calling out to go get a coffee it's like, sometimes i like, still look at the phone i'm going Sam, tell just just calling me what's yeah. going on this is yeah. crazy yeah it was how mental good. it was mental
0: how good and you started showing a bit of promise as a kid what it's like to know there's eyes on you that can take you places?
1: That was a weird feeling for me because up until South, I showed a lot of promise in the 20s yeah. and I was probably touted to be a lot better than what I was and then had some off-field stuff that always probably plagued me. Yeah. Up until that point, I had no one that was really talking about me and I had that one breakout year in 2019 and I remember getting caught up for media and people talking about me and it was a really weird feeling because I was obviously loving it, I was enjoying my football and I was. but then I, yeah, I thought I didn't really know how to handle all of it.
0: Direct, yeah, would it, was it? Would it be fair to say it was overwhelming for it you? It
1: was. Yeah, well, I was. I was twenty-three, maybe twenty-four. I just, yeah, it was overwhelming for sure. Was there it was much? pretty cool. It was a cool feeling. Like people saying yeah. nice things. I was like, this is, and then asking you questions. I was a bit young and naive. I was just like, like a little kid, happy as.
0: I'd I, I like to touch on these, the off-field stuff that was going on in your life. What was going on in your life?
1: I think I've always struggled mentally here and there yeah like I left Manly at the time before I ended up in South. I had these two, couple of weird years where I'd left Manly and manly was like a base like a, mm-hmm. it was like a family base which I've yeah. always struggled to have that family yeah base since, like, when I was a child You tried yeah be fair to say yeah it, it felt like it was my job I didn't I had all these like, unrest feelings when I left I didn't know what was going on I just I didn't really want to address it when you're younger you don't want to talk about stuff you just yeah. cop it and you don't want to speak up and then so I feel it was hard
0: for you, but because as a kid, your male role model in your life was absent.
1: Yeah, he came back on the scene, but he was it was anything but a role model. Yeah, when he was back, when he was gone, and then he came back, and when he was back, it was almost worse. Yeah, yeah, he's—it he wasn't a good role model. Yeah. So yeah, like I never had anyone. Do you, do you think he was struggling
0: with the death of your mother? Hundred
1: percent. But he was struggling before that too. Yeah, like, he just—he struggled with mental health issues and probably undiagnosed back then. The, yeah. No one even knew about like twenty. But that you know, generation is yeah. where men
0: don't talk about stuff. Exactly
1: right. He had his own issues, and then his wife passes away. He's got two young kids, and he wasn't equipped. He was probably barely equipped with a partner. Yeah. If, if I'm If I'm honest. Yeah. So he really struggled when he was just by himself when he when we, when he won the court case.
0: So do you think like do you think he passed on a, a, any that dysfunction? Look, there's a thing called intergenerational transference. Yeah. Do you think that got passed on to you to an extent?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I. I took a lot of that on, and it wasn't until I got a bit older, yeah, when I probably started. I remember I was a really angry violent. When I got drunk, I'd be a violent drunk, yeah, and that was probably passed on from. He was violent towards us as kids, yeah, and it took me probably to get up, have a few drinks, and then I feel like I got to get. I, I don't know I remember I was going through it at the time, but I, I just looked back. I was like, I was acting out. I was putting the hurt that I received onto someone else, yeah. But only when I was drunk.
0: Projection, yeah.
1: 100%. When I get drunk, I'm like, I'm going to try start a fight. And I was just tri- thinking I was that guy. And then I, yeah, I had a little phase there.
0: Yeah. And then and when you're in the public eye like you would have been, it's hard to get away with that.
1: Yeah, it was before that. Yeah. I was probably 17, 18 when I was going 16, 17, 18. Yeah. And lucky I got over that. Like, like yeah. I just thought, sort of look, what am I doing? Like, yeah. who, who do I want to be? I'm doing exactly what was done to me. And I, I realized what I was doing.
0: You become the man, you father. I come exactly yeah, right. I'm right. so wrong.
1: And I knew, it, But like, I was just, you get drunk and you do it. It's like, yeah. oh, you just...
0: And, and being a big lump of a kid, like, you would have been, were you playing second row? Yeah, I
1: was a bigger kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's and like that I can be playing, quite yeah, intimidating seven, for people. Row.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'd hate to have you coming at me, mate. Even as a 17-year-old kid, second row, I was like, they're big these days. You're playing yeah. against the Polynesian kids, so you got to aim up. Yeah, you know? I mean,
1: they're a bit bigger. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and tell us, what happened? So you... What happened? You said you went distant from Manly. What, did you step away from the football? Or? No,
1: I signed with the Roosters. And yeah. like, I just got like, a good contract, good cool. coin. I was like, hey, you nice know, young kid. So yeah. Good looking
0: women over there. Yeah,
1: exactly. I was, it was just the next step. And when I left, it was when I started feeling a bit different. I was like, what's... Like, it, sh- it shouldn't be... Like, and attitude changed and it all flipped. Yeah. And I also thought I was mad. I thought I was... 20, I think I was 22, signed a good deal. I was like, I'm just going to gonna rock up the training. I'm going to play first grade. That's who I am now. I was a Derek. Like, I just, mm. I, like, I lost.
0: What did you say? I was I a was Derek. I was a Derek. Yeah. yeah. Like, I
1: just, I yeah. thought I was, I got way too far ahead of myself. Yeah. Didn't train. Like, my, what got me there the hard work and discipline. I like, fell yeah. off the window because I thought I'd made it. And then uh, my attitude shifted. And I rocked up the training after big weekends and making the wrong decisions and bad diet and all that kind of stuff that yeah. I like, built myself on.
0: Because extreme professional athletes, to make that grade, people don't realize that if- Effort that goes in it, like the training, the diet, you're working with dieticians, you're working with strength and conditioners, sprint coaches. There's a big effort. Just give us a day in the life of a first-grade footballer.
1: It's a big effort. A normal day, pre-season. Pre-season's mm. different in-season. Yeah. pre is probably the hardest thing about football. Yeah. It's day in, day out, months, a few months before you're playing. Yeah. Um, you get there at 7, 7.30, you got physio, extra prep, stretching, you've got video, and then the field sessions about an hour and a half to two and a half hours. It's pretty solid. It gets mm. worse. Obviously, day one, they're not going to flog you, but yeah. like con- contact, conditioning, all that kind of stuff. your you got, Then you got a break, and you got weights. So some mm. days you've got extra, you got wrestle on top of all that. Yeah. yeah. They're the worst days of the yeah, week, yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestle's um, never fun. Yeah. I've been pretty lucky. I haven't done too much wrestle.
0: Yeah. When you were in Melbourne Storm, that's big nah, down there, isn't it? No,
1: roosters and I was at Canberra. We did yeah. a lot of wrestle. But I had my that, years at South, so we never did too much wrestle. Wayne yeah. didn't like it. Yeah. Wayne was against it.
0: Did you get coached under Wayne Bennett? Yeah. 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 Wow. That would be an experience.
1: Man, that was another one of those moments. Yeah. I remember I was. <laughs> I told Wayne the story I was in when I was in year eight, I think in Brisbane. I was in so much trouble at school. I was just constantly at the, principal's, the deputy principal's desk. Yeah. And on that desk was Wayne's book. Mm, one of his books read, and I was there so often I read his whole, his whole book and I told him about it I was like I was in so much trouble I read your whole book and I was always idolizing him as a coach yeah now I'm getting coached by Wayne Bennett and you know, did I'm he like,
0: recruit you to South?
1: he called me up yeah yeah wow that
0: mate that's a big
1: call <laughs> I thought it was a prank call yeah I was coming back from Canberra and I was I wanted to leave Canberra I just wanted to go back to Sydney and uh, he goes I got a random call I was driving and I was hey mate it's Wayne I was like Oh, old, Wayne. Yeah, of Wayne Bennett, I was like, yeah, I think I hung up on him. <laughs> then he called me back, he goes, mate, it's actually Wayne Bennett. Like, hey, mate, how are you going? I like, shat myself. And then he's, he starts talking about what he wants and that kind yeah. of stuff. And yeah. Then, yeah, I just signed the dotted line straight away. You would, wouldn't you? 100%.
0: But that must be good for a good feeling when someone is, he's the top of the game, top of the game coach, identifies your talent.
1: He was. It was massive confidence. Because like I said, before that I was puddling along and like the, the previous two or three years, just didn't pan out like I thought. Of. I had injuries mm. and had other stuff, but I just also wasn't wasn't applying myself. I was doing rock. Like, I was just doing weird stuff off the field. And when you I say
0: bit, weird stuff, let's let's talk about that. This is because this is the stuff that makes your story amazing.
1: Yeah. I just feel like I'll, I was in a real bad headspace for a couple of years after this. Didn't think everything didn't go to my plan. Yeah. A couple of injuries and nothing. And I was like, after the Roosters, I got punted from the Roosters about six months into a uh, three-year deal.
0: Yeah. And I was like, that would have been a pretty good deal yeah, to you. Yeah,
1: it was a good coin. And I, Trent Robinson said I went into his office and he said um, a couple of things here and there. And Then he goes, "I don't trust you, and there's mm. no future for this mm. club." And I was just like, "How did?" And I and at the time I probably wasn't accountable to like. The way I was treating people, or like the attitude, the bad attitude I had at training, and, mm. and all that kind of stuff, and it's a professional environment, it demands a lot of you, and I wasn't up to it. Did you sense.
0: get any resentments out of that?
1: Yeah, at first I was, I just, I was just shocked throughout first, and then mm. I went, I was a bit upset. I was, de- I wasn't depressed. I was sad. I was like, mate. and I was, I went to Canberra, new environment. I was just, I wasn't in a good head, headspace, mm. and. I was back and forth to Sydney all the time. I didn't give it a chance to really invest myself in the club. Mm. And, yeah, I was just down with that. And I just I fell out of love with footy. I thought, this mm. isn't what it was supposed to be for me. Like, I was mm. supposed to be this, you know, this star. You tell yourself mm. all these things. And I was going to be this player and X and mm. X dollars and all the other stuff that comes with it. And it just wasn't, wasn't wasn't happening for me. Yeah, So a couple of years and I was like, do I want to do this? The training's hard. Like, training's yeah. really hard. Like, yeah. do I want to live this life? This is pretty hard. It's not where I want to be, but then yeah, Wayne when Wayne called me, um,
0: and where we at? We at Canberra. I was at then? Canberra, yeah. yeah, yeah. I said I
1: can't be. I, like, Canberra wasn't place for me. I wasn't happy in. You're a public servant. Yeah, I, I wasn't boring. happy there. Like the boys are mad. The good club. Yeah. I just yeah, it just wasn't wasn't for me. I miss the beach. Miss Sydney. Miss mm. my mates. Um And Wayne just said, mate. I had, a, I had a couple of things going. On. Like I had a drink, driving and charge, and I had this probably. I had a, probably I had a tag for a loose guy, or whatever. it is, like, whatever yeah. they call you in footy, and I was probably deserved it. And he said, "I don't know. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what's happened in your life, like negatively in football. I just care what you, what you do next mm. and how you apply yourself to this team. You work hard, you apply yourself, and there's a future for you. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll get rid of you. But I want you here, and I don't care what's already happened. Uh, how good. And I just—it was like a weight off my back. I was like, mm. I have got a fresh start. Mm. He doesn't care, yeah. and I, I believed him. Like you believe what he speaks." What make tell me this? What
0: makes Wayne Bennett so special as a coach and a human being? What does he do that he has this ability to lift people, like Johnny Lewis does with
1: boxing? It's probably a few things. One, like he's Wayne Bennett. Like he, he demands, he gets respect. He's like an aura about him. He walks into a room, and there's a, he just has that respect. He's obviously earned that. But mm. I don't know how he was at the start. But now, he's probably earned that, and you understand. And then, the way he speaks from a deep. Place mm. and he just gets everyone together and he will do he'll deal with everyone individually. It's mm. ultimate people manager and he just hits the mark. Sometimes it's hard to explain. You go to the he training, his timing. You reckon it's I mean, Yeah, but he's he's a smart guy and he, mm. and he just gets it. Like he just gets people. Like sometimes you go to training, it's probably a couple like six weeks in the preseason and, and you're busted. Like everyone's he does, he
0: gets some trains with you too, didn't he? Sometimes
1: you're not in the field, but in the gym he gets in there and he's mm. and, and he just. um he puts things into perspective really well. He picks you up when you're down and he just says certain things. He just gets you pumped up.
0: you like a psychologist. And if you get though.
1: too far ahead of yourself, he can feel it. And he brings you back down in a way. He's not abusing you. He's not overstepping the mark, but he'll bring you back down to where you like, where you mm. should be. And if you're not there, he picks you up. He just understands, he just gets it. He feels it. He just has that feel. You can't oh, yeah. buy that experience. Yeah, just, I always
0: like because I had Johnny Lewis and Jeff Fenwick here last week, and, and Jeff talks. He said exactly what you just said. Yeah. He just knows what to say at the right time. I actually met. I, I'm mates with Ben Iken, and and I went to their wedding, and I went to Wayne's house, and I wonder I was which like, one? Ben, uh, the one at Mount Omany. The
1: Guy that would have probably own half of yeah, own half, half of fucking Brisbane. And, <laughs> you got more money in the banks, so I've been told. Yeah, so
0: I went to his. Uh, but anyway, I was at, at the bucks night, and and I was telling him, some radio bloke sucking up to him, going, "Hey, Mister Bennett, this. Oh, my name's." I said, hey, Wayne, my name's Russell nice retired bank robber. He goes, come here. I haven't fucking – he was just – and you're right. He was so cool. I really like Wayne. He was just – you don't give a fuck about your background. No. And, and he loves a knockabout too, you yeah, know.
1: Yeah, he does. He does. And, he, yeah. and you could tell in like – Looking at his career, like he did, he did like the knockabouts. Like the yeah. Jimmy, he loves Jimmy Roberts.
0: Johnny Elias, he had Johnny Elias. He brought out the, he took him up there when no one else wanted him yeah. up to Brisbane. I think he loves
1: a the project. There might have been a little bit of a project for me,
0: <laughs> <think>. <laughs> one of the many. Hey, yeah. uh, and tell me so the career kicks off at Tell me what happened there, mate? How'd you go? Like, how was he going along?
1: Mate, that first year at South was wild. Yeah, like I said had Wayne and Sam and, and then the, the team that we had like you know, Reynolds. Adam Reynolds, John Sutton,
0: yeah,
1: George Tom Burgess when they were still firing. Mm. Oh, Tommy obviously was still going pretty mm. well. I have been like the yeah. team was mad. Cody Walker. Yeah, it was like a it was like a dream. It was finally where I wanted to be. I finally ended up in an environment where I thought I was meant to be in. Yeah, but I just wasn't obviously did that. But I was finally there. I was like I was playing fully, I was playing first grade every week. Mm. I was on the. I was improving. I ended up starting. I was like, start. I mean, it all started. That's where I was at, mm. and it was like, it was dream come true. It was like this is where I wanted to be like, all along, and I'm finally here. It was the best ever. Yeah. With that come, I was pretty loose off the field still until yeah. I probably, Until Sammy pulled me into line. Yeah. That was the first year I understood. I started understanding the requirements of, rugby, of a rugby league player mm. on and off the field. Like the big like, expectation. The off, expectation, isn't it? especially at the yeah. house. Club. There's like, cameras that train all the time, and I was mm. like. What are these yeah. doing? I, I'd never seen that before. Because they
0: were picked on side. side. The media like to pick up on they themselves. Do.
1: They do. Yeah. They really do. Yeah. And the fans are mad. I, mm. I hadn't seen much of that. They're always there, numbers. and was, It was just a wild year. And then we're going pretty well too. We mm. ended up finishing top four, played finals. That was just crazy experience. Like, mm. You know, big big crowds. And we ended up losing the prelim that year. Finished the year, best year to date by far. I just finished that year. I was like, mate, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. Not turning out for me.
0: Do well, you think your? You, how does validation play a part in your life? Do you? Yeah. Do you feel validated in that song? Yeah,
1: I think it was a big, was a big part for yeah. me. I think I needed to be validated. Were well, you looking for I, I that? I needed place. to be validated. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because I wasn't validated in the ways I know well I wanted, I needed. Yeah. That's probably why I struggled mentally, and I didn't. I didn't. Know. I just like. But I that's that, that
0: intergenerational guy. stuff too. Yeah,
1: the stuff that I didn't know I was dealing with, yeah. all the trauma that was playing a part in my yeah. life, I yeah. needed that validation. I wasn't getting it because I wasn't performing. Yeah. So the best, the most happy, the happiest I was for a long time was when I was going well on footy.
0: Yeah. And Because people would get valid- praising you, yeah? Yeah, and I was
1: like, oh, I'm playing. Oh, yeah, I must be going well. Everyone's saying I'm going well. And I loved it. I yeah. needed that as a kid. I was very, very insecure. Yeah, yeah. Very insecure and lacked a lot of self-worth. Had a lot yeah. of self-confidence. yeah. But when I look back at it, like, a lot of self-worth.
0: And it's self-love and self-confidence, self-belief for the antidote for trauma. Yeah. Death, for me, I work in the field of trauma with the abuse stuff that I work with. And yeah. there's a key indicator when people even talk like that. So I don't have much self-worth and that sort of stuff. So you're playing along. So tell me, where would we go from here? Did you?
1: Now, I finished the season.
0: Mm.
1: I wasn't on the biggest deal that year. Mm. But I had a very really successful year and I went to the table and I said, man, I just started talking and we started talking upgrades and extensions. Mm-hmm. Some pretty big figures getting tossed around for me. Like I was, I'd never seen that kind of money in Were well, other
0: clubs chasing, starting to chase you It There wasn't, team.
1: there was a couple, but there was one club in, but the Titans were chasing pretty mm-hmm. heavily. Mm-hmm. And I agreed to terms. So the contract was, I was too big. I couldn't mm-hmm. say no to it. Mm-hmm. I was 24. Like I got, no house, I got yeah. no one back. I me. Yeah. I needed money. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm the only one provided for me. I got no fallback.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, no like, trade. I was
1: like, no, nah, nothing. No, no family support. Yeah. In that kind of sense, and I was just like, whatever. I need money. Bang. I, I, I agreed to terms on the phone. Bang. And then I think I and then I, I Wayne they came back with more and I shook Wayne's hand and go sweet. And then Titans came back with more and I'm like Wayne, I can't sign so the deal. I told you i have just come back with this me- big upgrade. It was just a wild time mm. I, and i have never been through that. And I was yeah. like. I don't want to be disloyal to South. I, I want to stay at South, but it's too much. And then we figured itself out. I took a bit of a hit, mm. uh, but I didn't want to leave South. I was so grateful. I had the chance to help my mates there. You
0: put you know. worth. You put, by doing, taking less money, you put worth on the place where you belonged.
1: Yeah, and I'd also, I'd hopped around in a bit, mainly than Roosters and Canberra. And I was like, one year at South, i just made all these relationships. I didn't want to just keep hopping. I didn't mm. want to be the guy that hopped around. And past so life for me. Mm. Moving around has always been normal. Like, yeah, yeah. And it was always unstable mentally yeah. for me. So I was like, I'm happy here. I don't care about what's mm. elsewhere. I just need state, stability for a little bit and I'm happy here. All my mates are here. Mm. And Sammy was a massive role model for me and I was like, Sammy's here, I'm happy, I don't care.
0: He cops a bad rap, Sammy, but he's a really, I've heard nothing but good. I met him up at Angelo Hyder's boxing gym. Yeah. He's a good bloke. He has a positive role model on a lot of younger people.
1: If anyone knows Sammy, they couldn't say a bad word about him. Yeah. Like, he went through his troubles. Yeah. And people go through He was going through yeah. a fair bit more yeah, than yeah. people would probably ever go through in a really short period of time after yeah. he lost his career. Yeah. Yeah. And he's back and he's got himself sorted and now he's just the same old Sammy. Yeah. And I was yeah. Not like more understanding and relatable because he's...
0: I was watching this thing about him. I was watching... Who's that? Shane Richardson. used to be at South, yeah. the recruiter. And he was talking... About when he first saw Sammy play, and he said he was 19 years old, tearing him apart in the English yeah. Super League, a legend. Did you style your game off a little bit off how he played? I
1: think I might have tried to, like, yeah. I was like you, you see him do stuff, and you see the way he's playing. Because obviously, I want to, I, I would have want to play like that. Mm. So he was a massive influence, and he would take me away. We do extras, and it. just he just added like that level of professional mm. professionalism that I never had. Mm. And he was just on a different level, like leadership wise, professionalism how hard he trained, like I, like I never was really a hard trainer. Mm. He, he was just on a different level and he, yeah. and he elevated me. Like I lifted a lot yeah. by just being around him. And that was my plan. I went to the house and I went, oh, you get a bit of shit. The boys are like, oh, you suck him off or whatever. And I, was <laughs> like, and I copped and like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you can call me whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever I can gain from a guy like that, I'm yeah, going to go. Sure. And also he's a legend of a bike. I was yeah. just like, mate, I don't care what people think, really.
0: Yeah, but for sure. He's helping
1: me and I like hanging out with him.
0: I get that sound. I'm lucky like, enough to be like, hanging out with him. Like, mate, you're blessed. <laughs> yeah, he, other, yeah. Other players, like so many other people would be taking It would be a lifelong dream for a lot of junior footballers to be have that influence in that person out there.
1: Yeah, exactly right. I was like.
0: the a big on. brother figure.
1: Exactly. And that's what it was for me. It ends up like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I re-signed. Yeah. And then had a bit of surgery. Had a little bone cut out of my toe. And I think that was about the around the time that off-season was the worst thing for me. Yeah my whole identity was football yeah when i didn't have football i just felt lost yeah it's like what am i doing off season was the worst like yeah. it was supposed to be the best because you get the party and you get to do whatever that was that was the mindset you go you party and you do whatever you want which is mad but i didn't like it I, yeah. I needed the structure i needed football football was my identity
0: i get that i last year i fell off the wagon a little bit over christmas i was bored. works mine yeah right? i've got to be my head has got to be locked into something I'm doing something What's that? Yeah. and tell us what happened, man. You had a bit of an incident there?
1: No, I didn't mm. get in trouble. I no? just partied a bit yeah. a bit.
0: Mm.
1: And yeah, I kick started my little addiction. Yeah. Not a little like that was my off season was the worst. Yeah. That was like and then it got worse and worse for me. Like, yeah. for the years went on, like I just get I feel like, oh shit. Thank God I got pre season starting soon, I can stop doing this. Like yeah. But it was almost like as soon as the season finished, it was like a
0: was it drugs or alcohol? Switch. Tell me. Yeah, it was all of it. it, was all of it. Lights, right? Yeah, and I
1: get, I, like, I like gambling and all yeah. of it. Like it just like, all and went head. That's ahead. addictive personality. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I have like got crazy addictive personality. Good yeah. or bad? Like it'll be good. Yeah, I can put it to good. Or like <laughs> it was like, you know, I just start partying and then.
0: The addictive personality, I like, because I mean, I, I used to be a very serious drug addict, and that addictive personality, when you apply that to business, you can't lose because mm. it's that obsessive trait. You Just bang, lock it in. You yeah. can't fail, and that's. That turnaround and like you, you play that obsessive personality trait, the footballer. I was training. Yeah. It was training. Yeah. It was
1: like, can't do anything. i got to train tomorrow. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not coming to party. So obviously yeah. like I still play when I was younger. Yeah. I was like, oh, i got to train tomorrow. Okay, I've got to pull it in. Do
0: you reckon Sammy played a part in, in that sort of, that training ethic? He passed that on to you? Yeah, yeah for yeah.
1: sure. Like I played as hard as I could but like if, and like, he just taught me. Like, your standards on the field will drop to your training standards. And I was like, I think I wanted to cruise. Like, running-wise, like, fitness, I was Mm. always trying to push. Mm. I was always, like, going hard. But, like, the contact at training, I was like, oh, what are we doing? We're just down. For me, I hated it. Mm. But he was one that instilled in me, like, mate, you train as hard as you play. Not full-on, but that's where your standards in the game will come back to your training standards. So, when I yeah, watching him train, he he built me up. He picked me up to that standard.
0: And there's a culture, South. I spoke to Tugger Colin the other day. Souths have always had a culture of toughness, extreme tough. Like mm. Sammy played a grand final with a broken cheekbone. Yeah. John, Johnny Sadler, Sadler played with yeah, a broken yeah. jaw. There's that. It's that and it's and that expectation, the Souths fans won't take mate, old mate fucking walking off with a bruised ego. Nah. And I remember
1: it was, it was 2020. I was playing with needles and I was like, this is what it's about. Two needles a week to play footy for the last eight or nine weeks. We're talking painkiller needles, yeah. Talking like uh, anaesthetic, general anaesthetic, not general, uh, local anaesthetic to numb the area so you can play. And I was like, (laughs) when I was 24 or 5, I was like, this is mad. Like, this is what it takes. I'm a footballer, like, this is hectic. That's why I was like, it was mad. And that's that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's... And I heard like back in the day, like, Sammy was, they've changed the rules. If you need this, a certain amount of anaesthetics to Hmm. play, you're not allowed to play. Yeah. So, Sam, he was having four needles to play mm. footy at some stage. And I heard that. I was like, mate, the guy's, he was an elbow jab, knee jab, ankle jab, shoulder jab to get on the field. I the guy was just a nutcase. That, man. Man. Yeah. Talk to the physios about him sometimes. He's just, mate, nah. we told him not to play sometimes. And he wasn't going to play. And then all of a sudden, he just gets paid needles, jumps on the field, and kills it. Talk
0: about off field. Like, how were you, did you, how were you with relationships with women? And how was that for you?
1: Football helped. Yeah. Because you're out and about, you're with the boys, and, and there's a lot of girls that like, like footy players and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had girlfriends as well, but yeah, I was always in that scene.
0: Dustin Martin, I spoke to Dustin Martin, Richmond, great at Christmas time, and he seemed like the loneliest man on earth. Really? Yeah, he really did. I met him at the boxing gym up at up, up the Tweed, and he, so. he just said, he doesn't, he goes, you don't know with women, he goes, what they want. He goes. Yeah. I'm always suspicious of him. And he goes. And what happens? These social media women and ring like that. Fr-, he said they throw themselves at me. He said, but I don't know what their motives are. And he said I will hold back. He said I have serious trust issues with women.
1: See, that'd be, hard. Mm. that'd be hard. Especially someone like him. He's a superstar. And the top dogs, yeah, like the big dogs. You know, they. Mm. Like, you just can't trust anyone. Really. Yeah. If they know football, what's their motives? He, he
0: was. It was funny to see him up in. Tweed when he was up there because he was at ease. He wasn't recognised. He wasn't that well known up there. Oh, yeah. The fact that he could walk down a street, he just can't walk the streets in Melbourne. And that. in
1: Sydney, they'd be getting small, but Melbourne in particular, Victoria, is yeah. crazy. For yeah, the for the sporting absolute gods there. Eh?
0: And how's it? You so just what? When ourselves, you so recently, Gus recruited you to the Bulldogs. Here's another one, Wayne. Mo- well, I wouldn't say that- He's Wayne-
1: tra- he reminds me a bit of Wayne Locke in yeah, that yeah, in yeah. that aura. He's got the aura. Yeah. Gee, that must—he's
0: recruited you to the Bulldogs. So these fucking brains trust the rugby league are all identifying your talent.
1: Yeah, mate, it's, it's amazing. Honestly, like I remember talking to Gus, and that we thought we we're getting it all sorted. I was so like, it's one of those moments again. You know, I was like, I wasn't had a pretty rough couple of years injury wise, and mm. then this year didn't go to plan, and then. It is, it's very, it's a confidence boost. Someone like Gus builds, it to, builds yeah. it to the club. Yeah, for sure.
0: You're talking icons of the game. People are like, Penrith are going so well today for, for the legacy, Gus's legacy, what he done with the junior development that out there. Yeah. So he has an eye for talent and he yeah. comes along and says, here's a guy, I'm rebuilding a club. Here's a guy who I want in, to, to help rebuild my club because I believe in his talent. What do you, like, how do you repay that?
1: I guess I just, I, I don't know, to be honest. I just, something like that. I don't put too much pressure on myself. I just, i got to do the best I can mm. for the club, show that I'm worth it, mm. prove him right, prove the club right, and put my best foot forward every day. That's what I, I had—I try to do every day when I first got there. Yeah, I just, just want to prove him right, you know. Yeah. Myself, prove that I can do it still, prove yeah. I'm still in there.
0: Yeah,
1: And just prove the club and, and Gus right and the coach, that I'm worth it and I, and I can still do it.
0: Yeah, nice. And be
1: my best every day.
0: And how old are you now? 28. 28. So you've got another four four years? Four or five years, yeah. Yeah. Plan,
1: yeah.
0: And what's the plan, mate? What do you want to do? And Have you thought about, because this is where a lot of players go wrong after football. Are you starting to put something in plan for?
1: Yeah, I'm planning. I didn't for a long time. It was only football, and I mm. had that died by mm. design. I didn't want anything else. It mm. just felt like I was cheating on my own dream. Like it, was mm. a weird, it was a weird place to be in, because mm. before last year, I had no trade. Mm. I had no like, education. It was football. I got, I invested. I got invested. Alright, I didn't yeah. waste any money, so I was alright. Yeah. But I was like, I just got nothing else besides football, and and it was a bit of anxiety sort of filled thoughts because without football, I'm not. I don't know. I'm, I can get a normal job. I'm not like mm.
0: when I stop playing
1: football. There's nothing else until I figure it out. But I don't mm. want to be doing something I don't like. Yeah. So I'm I've been. I put a lot in place mm. in the last twelve months. Yeah, I think
0: you'd be a great. Mentor for young people.
1: Yeah, I'd like to do that.
0: Yeah, I think you'd be great. I'd love to do something with you down the track there because kids are going to listen to people like yourself. Mate, you haven't had it easy. Your upbringing wasn't easy. And kids, I go to the boys' homes and that sort of stuff and them kids realise they can pick a fraud. They'll go, oh, this bloke's silver tongue. Yeah, he's fucking had a silver spoon in his mouth. He fucking never kicked his toe. Never, I never felt pain in their life. You know what I mean, and kids are really good at picking that. I think you, I think man, you'd have a future in that sort of kid mentoring, that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. So about twelve months ago, I wanted to, I, I just decided I wanted to start doing stuff in that space, but I hadn't dealt with my own stuff, mm. and it was massive conflict. And I just felt all this trauma come to the surface, and then, I, mm. and then when I did my knee, that was game over for about four months. Mm. Uh, it's hard
0: though. There's a classic example: are trap with your thoughts. Yeah, you you got to sit up for it or whatever. How long it takes?
1: Mate, it was bad. It was a dark place. Like, yeah, especially like I said, my whole identity was at the time football. Yeah, I'm a football player. That's me. That's my identity. Mm. I don't have that anymore. What am my it just felt like I just was just gone. Like yeah. lost, and I was like, in reality, it was not true. But that was my, my thoughts. I was like, I just felt like everything that was stable wasn't there anymore because my football, my training, it was like, it's who I am, it's what I do. And it wasn't there. I was like, I just had all these things come up, all these thoughts had come up that weren't there before with all that, without the stability and mm. the identity I had.
0: Maybe they were. Maybe it's the subconscious stuff that comes to the surface of your upbringing, the trauma of your upbringing, right. not being validated. That's what I found. I remember I was in a jail cell in Darwin and I was put in this fucking black hole for nine months straight. And mate, and man, I fucking had some dig, man. I had to pull out the pick and shovel and do some digging because I couldn't escape it. Wow. You know what I mean? I think, and that's, I guess that period when you broke your knee was your own.
1: Yeah. And I wasn't straight away. Like I just escaped it. Yeah. With, I was partying, I was yeah. just escaping any way I could for a yeah. four month period. Yeah. And then that's when I ended up in rehab. Yeah. And that's when I started digging into a lot of shit. Really? So for a month got I got off it, got clean yeah and then I got out was when I really ramped up going through therapy doing trauma therapy and all that kind of stuff
0: yeah what have you learned from trauma therapy tell me
1: I learned the what the stories that I would I was told at certain ages to like mm. to for my mindset to be in a certain ways and the reason I was like self-sabotaging and, and all these patterns and habits that I had were based on this version of me, like this little kid version of me, that was hurt, all that kind of stuff that went on back then, and it and it just lasts for so long, and it's like a protection. Yeah, it's like a mask I wear, push people away. Or, defense mechanisms. Yeah, defense mechanisms. You wear these masks, and instead of actually acknowledging that you went through a bit. Yeah. Which I know I did, but I just wanted, never wanted to deal with it. I never wanted to be sad. Yeah. Anger and everything else was just like a.
0: Anger's a reactive behaviour to sadness. Yeah, isn't like a it? The
1: secondary emotion, secondary yeah. emotion behind sadness and hurt. It'd
0: be fair to say, I can look back on your scenario and I think this kid would have had some bad, serious rejection issues if he taken off. Yeah. That shit hurts, man.
1: That's 100%. Painful, yeah, and, and it stuck around. I didn't know how it affected me. I just was like, oh, shit, I felt shit. I felt different all the time. And- mm. I'd get in bad head faces and beat myself up, or whatever it was. Like, and I think deep down, like the things that I actually took on as a kid—rejection and and abandonment—because uh, my mum passed, and I yeah. thought she left. Like, why would she leave me? What was what's wrong with me? Yeah. So I guess football was the perfect thing for that because I could constantly validate myself every week. Yeah.
0: I could constantly That's prove that I was back, worth it. it.
1: That was the constantly proof that yeah. I was worth it. It was like a saving thing for me.
0: So you trained harder, you played harder. Yeah, because I needed to prove to me
1: and everyone that I'm worth it. This is, oh, I'm good at something. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was lucky that I found footy. Yeah. Because I think it's common for people to find other ways. They I reckon, I reckon you're lucky
0: you found rehab.
1: A hundred percent. Hundred percent the way I was going.
0: Yeah, that's that same with me. I had it all the imposter syndrome. Yeah. I, I have it I was sitting on each Imposter fucking...
1: syndrome, that killed me, man. That yeah. was that was year two. Yeah. After twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. So I was nothing had changed. I was still a same guy. I was going to my second year after it's ours. It's not a good deal. I was like but I was like on X money and I don't know if I deserve this money. You I'm like I was telling me, like, it was weird. I'd never dealt with that. i never had mm-hmm. enough to worry about. Like the mm-hmm. syndrome yeah, killed me a bit. Yeah,
0: same. I, I, today I, I live a pretty good life. I work with lawyers, and that sometimes I sit in these big oak boardrooms, and I think, "Fuck out the, f- what the fuck am I doing here?" I went to this billionaire's house the <laughs> other week. They're gonna figure
1: me out. They're yeah, yeah, gonna yeah. figure They're gonna me out. realize I'm not real, <laughs> yeah. and,
0: and that thought, and that fear, and that anxiety—that you're playing that rugby league is, I don't give a fuck. Gridiron, gridiron's got head all that fucking patting and it's yeah. nowhere tough as rugby league. My, my American mates watch rugby league and they go, fucking that, that game is dangerous.
1: I watch it sometimes, right? And like from the outside looking, I go, fuck, this game's not really. Yeah. You could, you, someone could look at this game and go, what are these guys doing? Yeah, they're trying to kill each and other. Then you play, it's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But there was that feeling like? Like when you just pull off that fucking bell ringer tackle
1: that's a high, man. That's euphoria. Yeah. I mean, like, a, like a really hard game and you win. Like that's the, that's the things you chase. That's like the new, it's like you become addicted to it. Like yeah. Those big moments, those, those big wins, those tough games, even training sessions you know, and yeah. you get off the field sometimes and you get through it and you look at your mates and you're like, you just film out. Just like you get through these things and you pass these accomplishments and it's just euphoria. Like you can't explain it.
0: And I'm no disrespect to the diggers or anything like that, but you go through, for, you form bonds like people who go to war. uh yeah. What's the bond, the mateship? Like obviously you, you play with blokes like Sam, you're going to have a lifelong friend in him. Yeah. What's that mean to you to have that lifelong friendships, that friendships of depth that you can talk to anyone about and not stand in judgment?
1: It's pretty comforting. It's a different, yeah, it's definitely, it's a special feeling. I don't know how to explain it really. It's like you've got lifelong friends yeah. from like a year or two of your life yeah. that you'll never, never, like you'll never be out to of touch with. Yeah. And that's special. That's what this game gives. They never take that away.
0: I had a law firm approach me about concussion in rugby league and I spoke to Tugger about it. I spoke to Tugger Tolman and he just said to me, I couldn't do that. The game's give me so much.
1: Yeah, it's an interest, it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be okay. a class action. I think
0: it's that's happening. I've got law firms because that's my field, dealing dealing trauma. I deal okay. with trauma, and yeah, that's my yeah. field. And I've got like heaps of law firms saying, "Round it up, let because they believe on the guy that can make it happen. Mm. And I'm I'm vexed on that one too because I grew up in Penrith and I see what the game's done for a lot of I don't know disenfranchised youth. It's given yeah. them a purpose. I'd hate to to be a part and taking that away from anyone. That, it's going
1: to be a dicey one.
0: It's going to be, but it's going to happen. It'll oh, happen. it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And the got, thing with that one
1: is, I think, there, obviously, there are guys that are really battling way in life right now. Yeah. And they, they, and they need some support. Yeah. They need support. Whatever yeah. that is, not, yeah. like the NRL should, should probably front that They should front it. Yeah. Down. But there are other guys like in the 80s and stuff, and no one knew what was going on. Mm-mm. And no one's, who's to blame? You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But uh, there's two
0: edges. i go have a talk. I'm good friends with David Lydia at Parramatta Storewood, and you have a talk with him for about two hours, and he'll go, what were we just talking about? Really? And I, yeah. And he'll just go, what? And he's pretty much got his he's a pretty successful business in that lids. But it's sad to see people like that. But once again, I'm, my, my partner's a barrister, and her uncle was the doctor at the Bulldogs for many years. And Hugh Hazard, her husband, and he was the one who introduced the concussion rules into the game. To, really? Yeah, he was the one who he was the Australian Basketball. doctor and, and that sort of stuff. Do you feel like the game protects you? Like they're getting better, aren't they?
1: He's better. And yeah. I think it's probably only been a real thing, talking point for ten years or yeah. something, or maybe less. And yeah. then it's more and more every time. Like I said, they don't know what they didn't know back then.
0: Yeah. Science is catching up.
1: Yeah, yeah. massively. And now they did the best thing. They took it out of the players' hands. Yeah. They get a concussion, it's 11 days. doesn't mm. matter what you say. Yeah. Even in like when I was 90, I got knocked out cold. Yeah. And the doctor's like, how do you feel? And I went, it was a final. my first finals game mm. the week after. I'm like, oh, sweet. <laughs> I had, my head was throbbing. I'm not missing the finals game. No. Yeah. Especially on my own accord. If they mm. pull me out, I, went, like, I probably want them to pull me out, but I'm not going to pull out.
0: Yeah. I just, I don't know. Because just... sometimes you can be your worst enemy. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm not thinking about 10, 20 years' time, That's the story of your life though, I was though, younger isn't it? too. Yeah, exactly right. I'm all in at the moment. You know? yeah. I've like, got well, one week, I've got a game next week. I'm, I'm going to play. My head was yeah. stopping. I remember in the warm-up, I was even going to, Damien Cook, I go, bro, I'm dizzy. Mm. But now they've, they've got heaps of things in place now.
0: Tell, tell me three of the most influential players you've played with and why.
1: Sammy Burgess. Yeah. He showed me the standard, or at least... I saw the standard he trains at, so I wanted to, it, I just learnt the importance, training standards, and off the field, and off the field, like, more in the sense, like, kindness towards everyone. Like, the guy's mm. open. Everyone and yeah. anyone, he'll stop and talk to anyone. Yeah, like, same just the picture who he was, I was like, I want to be like that. Yeah. You know, he just he was a really good role model for me. Other player. Jai Arrow? Yeah. Many off the field. He's an animal on the field. Mm. Uh, we just became really close, especially last year. Mm. We're living together. Going through a fair bit, he was always there. He's a guy that like you never know. forget that. No, nah, he's a guy that he'll do anything for his mates. Yeah. He'll always have your back, and you can always trust like one of those conversations you can just have. Yeah, third player. I don't know. It's probably almost uh, like Tommy B.
0: Yeah,
1: oh, the Burgess family is. From yeah,
0: me. they're good people, huh?
1: Yeah, they just brought me into their family. Yeah, and they just showed me love and, I- and acceptance, and they did a lot for me.
0: I was really upset recently, especially with someone like Ben Fordham having a go at Latrell for not signing some kid's autograph. Wasn't that ridiculous?
1: I just thought that was a bullshit story anyway. Yeah. He was throwing mud and like and hoping it sticks. Yeah, having a whinge. Like I know Latrell, what did he say? He said he would have signed just one second yeah, I'll yeah. sign it after the game. Yeah. Which is what's wrong with that?
0: Latrell. I, I've watched Shelf's games and i watch watched him just go around and take photos with Man, he everyone. He does so
1: much with the kids. Youth. Yeah. Um, he does so much. And I'm sure he's watching his kids play footy. He goes, "I oh, just can I watch my kid play? I'll sign it after. Yeah. Like, it's just leisure guy along. Yeah, like the guy does so much.
0: Yeah. I jumped straight on and said, I've done a post about it, and I said, come on, give the bloke a break. Like he's yeah. allowed to. So hang on, just wait. Yeah. Just can you wait, you know that, what I mean? Is that all right, yeah. What about the rats that put the, that? That's that rat mentality in society. The tall poppy. Yeah, the tall poppy. They're trying to pull someone down. I'm a big fan. Is it, everyone deserves their mental health protected, mm. and especially him. He cops it so badly, he cops it so he's badly. under so much scrutiny, and it's fucking wrong. And when someone goes out of the game, we recently had Alex Johnson taking his life. Colt you know? Turner, Cole sorry, yeah, Col yeah, Turner, yeah, yeah. We recently had that,
1: exactly right. It's uh, it's it's really sad. It's something that needs to be addressed. I'm not sure how, yeah, how, or like a. Uh,
0: But he's like that. You see those country kids come out. I know he's from, he's out from out west. Canamble. Yeah, Canamble, yeah. Mm. I was talking to a girl about him and she she knew him. She said he was just such a beautiful guy. Nicest
1: guy ever. Yeah. Quiet, real humble, hardworking, kind. Like, he was a legend. Yeah. Unsuspecting guy. And then, yeah, finishes up.
0: That's crazy. And that's another thing that I think... I don't know. I think if one thing that the NRL could do better is look after the mental health of
1: footballers. Yeah, especially after. Yeah. Or just a pathway to pathway to keep them involved or like just, you know, I think CS do it pretty well with the yeah. old boys. Sias yeah. have an old boys group. Yeah. And they do certain functions throughout the year where anyone that's played can yeah. come in and that's all paid for. They go on the PS, whatever it is. They get, they us meet up and have that connection. Yeah. Because I think it's the connection you miss the most. Like, the best yeah. thing about going to training and, and football, like, obviously the winning and the lifestyle, whatever it is, but you go to training and you, and you hang out with your mates. And it's that connection I think I've heard about that you just can't replace. And mm. it's not like a normal – it's not a workplace. Like, you're genuinely mm. connected, like, some of your best mates are training. And it's something that I missed, I took for granted. I didn't have for When I left Seattle, some of my best mates – I went to the dogs. I didn't know anyone. Like, it was just a new environment. I was like, I was just talking to a couple of boys on the phone. Like, I miss coming to training mm. and seeing my best mates. Mm. That's a, just a different thing. And when you leave football together, it, I guess, it will just be such a weird feeling.
0: I've like being, you would have encountered that being the new boy in school.
1: Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Always, yeah. That was the, that was the hard part about moving around. Tell me, who's the funniest
0: guy you met? Because <laughs> in every team there's a prank star. I met a
1: couple of You uh, Charlie Gubb. No, I can't say I do. Charlie Gubb he played. He was a good little player. He played for Warriors. I played. I was living at Canberra. He was one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Yeah. In and outside of football, he was off his head. I love that. Just an absolute character. Adam Reynolds cracks me up. Yeah. He was such a good guy to have around.
0: Yeah. And that that creates a bond that, that when you've got that sort of, I know, I'll tell you something now. In jail, the Vietnamese gangs they've always got a comedian. Vietnamese are such funny fucking yeah? people. They're such funny. There's always a little comedian in their little gang. And that's why they're so fucking tight because they've got real good structure. And part of that structure, you've got someone that can make you laugh. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really yeah, important, yeah. and and it creates that joy in, in the group.
1: Hundred percent. Reno was good for that. Yeah, He'd come in and be it and it just he would never stop. Yeah. Just a little punish. Yeah. It's normally a little
0: fucking halfback, eh? Hey? Cheeky little yeah, bastard. Yeah, little Renault. Yeah. Was and that
1: was a big... I don't
0: understand what South... I'll ask the question. What was South thinking when they let him go to the Broncos? <laughs> I
1: don't know because he's still playing pretty good football. He's footy. playing
0: pretty good. He just got him into a grand final. I think. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know what they were thinking. I think they were looking at some long-term deals that didn't end up going too well, like G.I. and, mm. and Sammy. Mm. And they... I don't know. Renault was had his fair share of injuries on and off, but mm. he never missed games. Mm. He did miss training every now and again. Local but bloke. But he always – he did not miss games. He never yeah. missed much foot. He never played trials. But that was a Renaud thing. We yeah. just said he's a, he just he's always injured in January or something. Yeah. Always. Why not? He hasn't played trials in eight barley.
0: years. That's the barley effect. But,
1: yeah, like you look at how successful he helped the Bonko become. Yeah. And, yeah, they just – they probably made a mistake there.
0: So a common trait of your life – a common trait of your life, or more so your career, is people have identified you. in The people on the highest level have identified your talent, which equates to you must be a very talented footballer. Must, you know, be a a, or <laughs> must be a good
1: bike or something. Must be a good
0: boyish good looks. Hey, where to from here, mate?
1: Mate, I got it. I got a year. I got a year left at the dogs. Mm. Life is pretty different for me now. I don't mm. drink or anything, so I'm just
0: the best. eh?
1: mate, it's mad.
0: It's bad. It's, hey, um, tell me this. Have you ever woke up and said, Oh, fuck, I wish I had a hangover? <laughs> <laughs> no. Neither have I.
1: Never. So that was the. So now I feel like my days compound into like healthy days. I've got about six weeks of off season left. Yeah. I'm going to just train, be healthy, do mad shit, do what I want to do. I'm going away. Mm. I'm not stressed about that. I'm doing for, like, things I like doing. Go back to pre season healthy. Yeah. I haven't had a pre season in a long time. Like, yeah. I've been injured, surgeries. So I'm just excited to have. A healthy time and have a pre-season and, mm. and then train hard, rip in. And, yeah. then, you know, get to know the boys a bit better yeah. at the club and have a big year, 2024. Yeah. That's what's next for me. Help the club as much as I can and build some relationships.
0: Is it going to be – would England be a possibility after your career?
1: Yeah, I'd be keen for sure. Yeah. That's definitely – it was definitely a thing I wanted to do. Yeah. He's just thrive over there, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd just be cool. It'd be cool for the aspects of travel, go to France on weekends. It's a bit of a, I've heard of it, it's a bit less. The media in Australia gets a bit, Mm. they carry on a bit. So Mm. you go over there, it's just a completely different pressure. Yeah. What is that
0: pressure been like, though? But what's that? I remember Brad Fittler fucking got drunk once and the cab driver left him out front of a police station, made the front page of the paper.
1: (laughs) See, it'd be different for everyone. Like, I know Mm. those guys. Like, I come along the trail, the big dogs. Their lives would be hard, man, like really hard. Mm. And I know everyone's like, oh, suck it up. They're getting paid X, Y, Z, but it's no one can understand the pressure they go through on the field because they got to perform every week. Mm. And then off the field, they're getting hassled all the time. The troll's in the media mm. for, he stubs his toe, apparently mm. he's offended someone. Yeah. So it's got to justify it, whatever it is. So yeah. like those guys, they'd go through a lot. They'd yeah. be a lot, of, like months to all those guys. It'd be a hard life, man. Like you always watch constantly. Like I'm not exactly, I'm not a high profile player. Mm. I'm living a different life. Mm. I, I said to the troll one time. I don't know how you do it. Mm. It's high-paid, but,
0: yeah. like, it's
1: high stress, always. Yeah. High expectation.
0: Man, I hate how – I hate the bullshit that happens to him. I think – I don't think just I would. There'd be a lot of people in society just say, fucking give the bloke a break.
1: Let the man, let the man play footy. Right? Let he's leave. got a family, like he's a family man. Nice farm. He's got a nice farm. Yeah, he a couple, I think. Yeah, farm.
0: he <laughs> <laughs> a half a fucking Kempsey. <laughs> yeah, but I love, and he deserves it. Exactly <laughs>
1: right. Like, yeah. you put your body through what you put your body through yeah. and – he deserves every, every set of it, every, everything he's got.
0: One of my best mates, Beery, I don't know, Maxi Beer, he's like Max everyone. Beer, I know not know. Beery Graham, he's from the Northern Beaches. Yeah, and I know Max, i
1: heard the name Max. Yeah,
0: Beer. good bloke and he's really good. And he's that guy too, he's the year and him and Luttrell are really good mates. And, yeah. And he organised one thing and, and they needed some, and there was a South supporter... Who had died, and, and, they, and he contacted this. He contacted Latrell and he said, "Could you say something?" And Latrell done a three minute speech at bloke's funeral, and he, he didn't even know him. Really? Yeah. And he said, "That's the level that bloke is as a human and being." That's the so. stuff that
1: never gets out. Though. Yeah,
0: never, that never, <laughs> never yeah. get out. That should be on set. That should be on. The front you know, page on, view.
1: Front page yeah, view. That's be. the stuff that I have a problem with. All over football. Like, there's so many yeah. guys doing so many good things, but yeah. obviously that doesn't sell. <laughs> The guys on NRL three hundred and sixty there yeah. negativity cells and it's
0: good to see Paul Kent get under the bus.
1: Wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. it? Where's he? Yeah, well, <laughs> I've heard a thing yeah, about yeah, it, yeah, mate. Oh. Kent.
0: every the boxing expert now. Yeah, anyway.
1: Hashtag Where's Kenzie? Yeah, allegedly.
0: Yeah, I love it. Mate. I love it. Waterfall. You know what I mean? Karma. Yeah. On that note. Liam Knight, thanks for being on the stick up brother. Been a pleasure having you, mate. I love your story. I love what you're about. You're a dead set champion. And mate, wish you a big year with the
1: Bulldogs next year. Thanks for having me, mate. Thanks for uh, spreading the messages.